0: Hey, how's it going, Lakeland? Welcome back to a view from Lakeland City Hall. This is City Commissioner Chad McLeod. It's good to be back on the podcast. It's been about a month since my last episode. That was the interview with Fire Chief Doug Riley, and I had a lot of people tuning into that one, and and I appreciate that. And so, thank you for coming back to this episode. My goal has always been to record an episode after every city commission meeting, and I was doing well with that in the month of January. And then February came and things are are happening and we're busy and we had strategic planning sessions and it's been hard for me to set the time aside to get back in the podcast studio. But I'm here today and it is March 8th. It's actually my wife's birthday. So happy birthday, Erin. She's out there listening. She doesn't usually listen to these unless we're going somewhere, and I say, hey, you want to listen to the most recent episode of A View from Lakeland City Hall? And she does enjoy it. She does. But we have three kids, and they're young and busy, and so it's just hard for her to to find time to listen to these. But I want to wish her a a happy birthday. And uh, we had a commission meeting on Monday, and so I'll hit some of the highlights from that, and I'll talk about some of the things that we discussed during our day and a half of strategic planning meetings back in February. And the meeting, the official commission meeting before that. So, a lot of things are happening here in the city of Lakeland. Before I get into uh, talking about Monday's meeting, I want to recognize the men and women of the Lakeland Police Department who were honored and received awards on Friday. So, Friday was the annual Police Department Awards ceremony, and this is the second one I've attended. I I wish more people had the opportunity to attend these because when you hear uh, those who are receiving awards, why they, they are getting this recognition, the things that they have done, the calls they've responded to, the lives they have saved, it's powerful. Everybody, I think, walks away with a renewed sense of admiration and respect for our police officers and what they do every day. And and I know I just, I, I was listening to their stories, and it is powerful. And I'm hoping we can have the Officers of the Year uh, recognized at an upcoming City Commission meeting. So hopefully that will that will happen soon. Monday's meeting, a lot of topics that are kind of a constant these days uh, at our meeting. And, and we had a, a longer agenda than I thought it would be. I, I know I went into the meeting and I thought this will be relatively short. And I know better than to do this after two years of these meetings, never try and predict how long it's going to go, because you just never know what will come up for discussion, where the discussion will go, how many people will be in the audience who want to speak at the end we had a, a number of items that were uh, scheduled for first reading. So first reading of an ordinance uh, by state law, we are required to have two different readings, two separate readings of ordinances of things that we are changing. If we're making changes to, to zoning, to local laws, it's required that we have a first reading where we announce uh, the title of the ordinance. And then we have a second reading, which is actually the public hearing. So on the first reading, We don't take public comments on these issues and we don't have debate as a commission. Now, sometimes in the agenda study, as we're preparing for the Monday meeting, we will have discussions with city staff and it's more of a fact finding background information, giving us as a commission a chance to get up to speed on these issues. But when we get into the meeting, the official commission meeting on Monday, uh, we don't have discussion around the items that are on the agenda for first reading. And I think it's confusing to many people. I have to remind myself that constantly, that the format and the flow of the meetings, unless you attend these on a regular basis, it is foreign to most people. And so we had a number of people in the audience who wanted to speak on an item that was up for first reading. And people can always do that. It just has to be at the end of the meeting during the public comment. Portion. Whereas when you get to the second reading of an ordinance where it is the public hearing, where there's an opportunity for public comment on that item, people can speak during that time and they don't have to wait until the end. And so sometimes that's an important difference just for people to know from a process standpoint. The item that has generated Some of the most discussion recently, and it was up for first reading on Monday, is the proposed rezoning of the land uh, on Lake Miriam Drive, the proposed apartment complex. It's currently zoned commercial, and this is a proposal to downzone that property is the term that uh, from a planning and zoning standpoint, from commercial to residential uh, that would allow an apartment complex off Lake Miriam Drive. There are a lot of opinions on this and a lot of passions and concerns, frankly, about uh, traffic and growth and many of the themes that we have been dealing with the past two years, the two years that I've been on the commission, I feel like are really brought to the forefront in this issue. And we are receiving a lot of emails when we go places out and about you know, throughout Lakeland, people asking us about this issue. and. And I expect there will be a fair number of residents at the public hearing on March 21st. We had some who were in the meeting on Monday, March 7th, who spoke at the, at the end of the meeting on this topic and about their concerns and about you know, is that area, is it equipped to handle a, an apartment complex on Lake Merriam Drive? Near Lakeland Highlands Middle and and next to the Lake Miriam Publix. And as people have approached me, whether that's via email or just in conversations, one of the things that I always try to, to stress is that with every proposed development project, uh, zoning change, and when we're looking at, at these types of situations, as a commission, we will consider all of the factors that are important to a decision like this, traffic impacts, compatibility, uh, the surrounding neighborhoods and businesses, and all of those things that that we, I think, should discuss. And, and it's our job uh, to look at, at these proposals and consider these different elements. At this point, and this is probably the third or fourth proposal that has, has been this contentious, I would say, since I've been on the commission. And I have learned, and, and through the counsel of our city attorney, that we really, as policymakers here, it's a one, it's a tough spot to be in, but uh, we are to reserve our opinion, our judgment on the project until we get to the public hearing. Now, we all, I think, carry into these discussions a, a perspective or maybe some initial thoughts, but our decision, our vote is to be based on what is presented at that public hearing on March 21st. And so right now, what I commit to is that I, I will study this. I am looking at it, I am asking questions, and what are we allowed to do within the law? What does the law allow us to do in terms of approving or denying a, a project, a, a proposal like this? And, and those are all considerations. This is uh, a case where we are legally acting as a quasi-judicial board. And so it, it, that's where it, what comes into play, making sure that we base our vote on the testimony that's presented at that hearing. And so that's why when we had residents who spoke at the end of the meeting on Monday, our city attorney just stressed to, in order to have your testimony as part of the public record. Be sure to come back on March 21st and share your perspective on this project. And so, uh, again, there are, there are a lot of uh, opinions and, and just thoughts on this right now. And as a city, there are other growth projects and other development proposals that will continue to come our way, I think, in, in the next several years as we see massive growth throughout the state of Florida. And and this is just one example of that. So we'll see what happens on March 21st. I'm pretty sure I can predict that that will be a a long meeting as we tackle that topic and others that will be on the agenda as well. Another item that we talked about on, on Monday was our participation as a city in partnership and a member of the Polk Regional Water Cooperative. So all cities in Polk County, plus Polk County is an organization, we're all part of this water cooperative that was several years ago set up to be able to to create a regional approach to water and water issues. And I view this, traffic is on everyone's minds right now, and people are understandably concerned about traffic and growth and roads. Water is in my view, it's it's right behind that in terms of its order of importance for the future. And as we're planning for the future, and water is critical. And we have a, a sufficient water supply as a city right now. We are the amount of water that we draw from the aquifer is it's within what we're allowed to do. The permits that we have from Southwest Florida Water Management District, but. As we grow and as we add residents and businesses, that demand on the water supply is only going to continue to increase. And at some point in the future, what we pull from the aquifer, it's forecasted that it, it won't be enough and we need alternative water supplies. So getting in a position to invest in alternative water supplies to, to start pulling that water out of the ground, so going lower into the, the surface of the earth than what we currently do. Uh, It gets really technical, and I feel like it's taken me two years to really start to understand this, but uh, where we pull water from now is the upper Floridan aquifer, and these alternative water supply sources will go into the lower Floridan aquifer. It's more intensive. It's more time-consuming. The process is longer to pull that water out to treat it and to get it as part of our water supply. And we currently don't have wells that are set up to go that deep to pull this water out. And so that's what we're working on now, participating with the Polk Regional Water Cooperative to be able to do this. And so Lakeland, the main well that we are participating in, is called the West Polk Wellfield Project. It's expensive. Lakeland, you know, our share is going to come out to about 90 million and change. And so that is, I had somebody ask me about this, this week, a friend of mine, James, who said, Hey, I heard that's a lot of money. And he's right. And what I stressed is that it's not, uh, this is spread out over time and that we have funding sources that are available. It's very important. I think that people understand that Southwest Florida water management district is paying for about half of this project. And that is a huge advantage to moving forward right now. The, the water management district really wanted to see a regional water cooperative develop an approach where cities are participating and there is agreement across cities. And it's not just looking out for Lakelands water or Winter Haven's water, but Polk County and the greater Polk County region. And I think that's what we have seen over time in the the water cooperative. I mentioned in my comments that that is quite an accomplishment that all of these cities and groups can come together and develop this approach. But the monies that we're spending on these wells, and we have different loan, federal and state loan programs that we can take advantage of once construction starts on the on this well, and we can absorb this over time. And so trying to have a minimal impact on our water rates to our residents and our business customers is the goal as we're simultaneously developing alternative water supplies. And so that gets, again, it gets technical really quickly, but uh, we approved an agreement to move forward with these projects. The main one is the the West Polk Wellfield. There was another item on the agenda Monday that it involved the CRA and LAMTED. And so I, I laugh because there's so many acronyms floating around city government and people come into our meetings again, going back to, it's just a, it's a confusing process. We had a man who, came and, and during a time on our agenda, it's called the Equalization Board and Equalization Hearings. And it is where we as a commission, we approve a list of properties where they have uh, there's either blight or there are uh, code enforcement issues. Maybe the city has had to go out and clean up the property or mow the, the grass, usually many times. And there are liens that are placed against the property. The fees that the city has incurred uh, for these services. And to this process is called the equalization hearing. A- and it gets really, again, it gets really technical. And so at the, we always say, is there anybody here who your property is in question? You're on this list and you have fees that are assessed. Please, you can come and tell us why. Maybe you weren't aware of what was going on. Did you not receive a notice? What happened? And um, many times, if someone comes to the commission, we will say, "All right, let's pull this off the list. Meet with city staff, meet with code enforcement, and then come back and see if we can arrange a solution." So when the mayor called for that, we had um, a resident who came forward, and he started talking about the proposed development on Lake Miriam Drive, which is a different issue. It's not part. It's it's not the time to talk about that, but. He should not feel bad about that at all, um, because it's confusing. And I I said it happens. You know, people, it's tough sometimes to know what we're doing. And, and again, going back to how many acronyms and jargon that you find at the city. So LAMTAD, the, the Lakeland Area Mass Transit District, and the CRA, the Community Redevelopment Agency. We had a, a proposal from the board of directors for the Lakeland area mass transit district. So think Citrus Connection and, and the bus lines that we have throughout Polk County. The Citrus Connection falls under the Lakeland area mass transit district. It is a, there are boundaries for that district and there is a, uh, an amount of your tax dollars if you live within the Lamb area that go to public transit. The Community Redevelopment Agency, and we have three different what they're called CRAs throughout the city. There's downtown, midtown, and Dixieland, and they are their own districts. And they also receive a portion of property tax dollars to stay within the CRA to go toward redevelopment, improving these areas that have been designated as Opportunities to to redevelop places where there is again it's there's blight uh, there are properties that are run down and and a CRA can be created uh, to clean it up to make it revitalized. When that happens, when you have an area that begins to improve, there's new development. There are increases in property values where these two intersect. To use a transit term, the the tax on the increase in property value stay with me because it gets a little confusing that the tax on that increase in property values instead of staying with lamb Ted, so the transit district what would typically be their portion of of that tax has been coming back into the cra to use for transit related improvements and that can be anything from helping to fund a bus line to sidewalks bike paths, anything under the name of transportation and and transit. The request from the Lakeland Area Mass Transit District and the board was to uh, allow those dollars to stay with LambTED. So it doesn't stay within the CRA. It doesn't mean that that, uh, the transit district won't invest into those areas. It just gives them the flexibility on how do we spend these transit dollars within that transit district that covers the city of Lakeland. And right now, the way it's set up... The CRA keeps the portion of those monies, of those tax dollars, on the increase in property values. And then whatever they don't use in transit improvements, it goes back to the transit district. It's right now about $300,000 and some change, but that is expected to increase as our CRA districts, downtown, midtown, and Dixieland, improve. And we have new development in those areas. And so it's it's kind of in the weeds, but it, it was an item that Generated a lot of discussion, and we have three commissioners who sit on that Lakeland Area Mass Transit District board, and so their um, perspective here for me was very important in my decision to to support that. I'm also the commission's representative to the CRA board, uh, that's made up of community members and and leaders in the community, and we have one commissioner who is the representative to that group, and that is me. And so I get the CRA perspective, but when I step back and look at uh, what was going on here and just the uh, I think the importance of trying to make sure that we have a, a funded transit district as it was intended to be when it, was, when it was set up, I think, in 1982. So that was Monday's meeting. I want to go back and kind of work backwards through strategic planning and just a recap of the different items that we talked about. And we covered a lot of ground during a day and a half. And I know by the end of the, you know, the noon on Thursday, it was the end of February, uh, I felt like m- my brain was just fried from the discussion and things that we had talked about. And it's good discussion. I like those days because it's a chance to step back from the uh, regular commission meetings, the ordinances and resolutions and things that we get into a lot of very specific questions as we should. But this is more big picture. So some of the things we talked about included traffic concerns, the future of transportation roads and traffic within the city of Lakeland we had a uh, good presentation from our transportation uh, manager Chuck Barnby just talking about the funding sources for road improvements the gas tax gas tax revenues are declining as a as a funding source we can barely keep up with the road maintenance from what we get in the gas tax a- and different options that that we have right now and and it is a, it's a challenging issue for the state of Florida and and really the entire country and and i think that there was some discussion about sales tax referendums and millage rate increases, and, and, and even with those, if we went that route, and that's it's very preliminary. We didn't really even get into our appetite for that. Other communities, as Chuck and, and one of our engineers, Ryan Lazenby, pointed out, it, have had very little success with sales tax Referendums to add a you know a penny tax or something for transportation and and I think it's the problem is continues to grow in different communities and cities throughout Florida and there's not an easy fix, and I, I don't know that those are you could generate enough money to be able to really get the the roads adequate for the growth that we are seeing and so we're playing catch up uh, to say the least on traffic concerns but. One of the things we talked about in strategic planning was really just having a picture and a list of the priority projects for the city of Lakeland, the funding that is available, guaranteed or potentially, because there are a lot of federal dollars that that we can sometimes uh, tap into and take advantage of. And then where is that difference? What's the shortfall and, and what are some options for improving that? I think you know Chuck really laid this out well Um in saying that there are opportunities to focus on modifications, so intersection improvements, roundabouts, things that maybe we can't widen 98 between Edgewood and Main Street in that Grove Park Public Section, which can just be—it's full. I mean, it's tough to get through that in the mornings or in the evenings. Maybe we can't widen it because there's a railroad and there there's right-of-way issues, and it's millions and millions of dollars. But how can we improve some of the the intersections around this area? How do we improve some of the side roads and just things that we can, uh, anything at our disposal that we can try and alleviate traffic concerns? We know it's it's a growing issue. And it's, it's a long-term one at that. Speaking of traffic, we talked about the South Florida Avenue road diet. And this is one where uh, a lot of discussion, again, on this. One of the main questions that I have asked, and I want to continue to ask, is what is our alternative? What's plan B if, as a commission, we decide this is not the design that we want? We, as commissioners, had individual meetings with the secretary of the Florida Department of Transportation for this area of the state of Florida. And one of the things that he stressed to me is that FDOT, yes, it's a state road and it runs through the city of Lakeland. And I guess they, they could if they decided, hey, this is what we're doing and, and we don't have to ask for your approval. As a policy, as the way that DOT operates, they are looking to the Lakeland City Commission for direction. What do we want them to do? And so I think it's really important. We have a major role here to vet this and to and decide what do we want to do with that stretch of South Florida Avenue? Commissioner Madden has talked about it. She can't go anywhere without people talking about the road diet. And I I have found this some, but I experienced the same thing this weekend. I was at church and someone during the, the greeting time said, hey, Chad, can I just tell you that I hate the road diet and I hope we can come up with something else? And so it's it, a lot of you out there uh, have expressed that, that you don't like it. There are some people and we do hear from occasionally from someone who says they, they like the design or they think it has potential, that the potential is unrealized, that we haven't seen it yet because we've got this test phase and the concrete that's poured is it's not attractive, and the sidewalk hasn't been expanded yet, and so there's, there are some people who think it has potential, but I want to see comparisons of, if, if not this, then what? And, I, and those conversations will continue. We'll have more of those as we get to the end of the test phase, which I believe is in the summer, so stay tuned on that. We talked about public safety needs. You may have seen requests from our our police chief and fire chief uh, for, uh, in the future, to add more police officers and to add an additional fire station in North Lakeland, and those are both expensive initiatives, and, and we know that. At the same time, as a commission, I believe we have a strong commitment to public safety, and so when you've got your leaders of those departments saying, this is what we recommend, and now it's going to be our job to figure out how do we fund it, what's the timeline for these requests, and so that will lead us into uh, our next budget year, as in, and we will be having budget meetings in April uh, to really get into some of the details of the funding pieces for this. So that's kind of a highlight of strategic planning. It it was a lot. We packed a lot of discussion, good discussion, and at times healthy debate. I, I think that is a really important piece of the process, that we serve our residents well, that we serve them the best when we have robust discussions, competing ideas and views amongst each other as a commission, and even with city staff that we will get the best product and end result possible if we go through those deliberations, those discussions, and those debates. Our meeting before strategic planning, so the first meeting in February, I guess, this was right around the time I did the the interview with Chief Riley, but we we had an update from Summit Broadband. That's the partnership uh, with the City of Lakeland using uh, the city's fiber optic cable that we have, and, and they are the, the private sector company that they will be offering high-speed internet services. So we will eventually get a return from the, the money that they make uh, once they start offering high-speed internet throughout the city. And they, they updated us on their plan for that. And I think by sometime this summer, they will have high-speed internet available in uh, certain zip codes, and that's coming. So more information on that. That's exciting to see that moving forward and, and having Summit as a provider in the marketplace. There was also a sidewalk cafe proposal that uh, we had uh, some decisions to make on as we see more outdoor dining. So thinking about Main Street in and 1961 and Black and & Brew and then uh, the Parklets at Harry's and Fresco's and hopefully more. I really want to see more of, of the expanded sidewalk. I've said that many times on this podcast. Just uh, if it were up to me and I and I continue to push for this, I like love the idea of a pedestrian corridor somewhere uh, in the downtown space near Munn Park. But uh, the decision before us was, how do we approach sidewalk cafes in terms of fees that the city charges? Or if it's a parklet, it's taking up a a parking space. And uh, the city had proposed uh, a fee structure. Lakeland Downtown Development Authority uh, presented a counter proposal of saying, hey, we would just recommend that we don't make any increases to these fees right now that let's uh, move forward and see how many sidewalk cafes and things are going to pop up or be expanded and then reevaluated. And and that's the decision that the commission took. In my mind, I didn't want to do anything that would prevent restaurants from expanding outdoor dining, that would be cost prohibitive, or even just cause them to to step back and say, I don't, you know, the fees are, we don't want to add that we want to put that money other places. And so keeping, I think it's a hundred dollars per restaurant right now for a sidewalk cafe. In my mind, just keeping it at that rate for now is is the direction that I wanted to go. And hopefully we will see more of these types of settings that that are throughout downtown Lakeland. So this is kind of a quick, although this episode may end up being a little bit longer than than my typical 20 minutes, but I had a lot to cover and I appreciate you staying with me on some of these topics. As always, if you have questions or concerns or just want to send me an email, chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. I hope to have some interviews coming up soon. I want to have someone in here from Parks and Recreation and Lakeland Electric and a lot of topics we can cover. So just be on the lookout for future episodes. I appreciate you tuning in to A View from Lakeland City Hall. Thank you for the opportunity to serve as one of your commissioners. Have a great week, everyone. I'll see you back again soon.